Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. So it's finally happened. After 37 episodes on the transfers, we've managed to offload one member of the team. Sadly, there's no Neymar-like transfer fee involved, although the truth is we probably suffer about one one-hundredth of that. Now, James is away this week, so this is myself and Adam. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review Show. Adam, we should start by congratulating the happy couple. Yeah, I think that was a great night last uh, Saturday night, so we wish James and Beck all the best on their, um, on their marriage, and I hope they're having a great time over in Thailand. Absolutely, and we'll see them soon. And also, as well, I'd like to congratulate you. That makes you now the highest cap um, member of the Brisbane Football Review team. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll treat you that with honour. <laughs> we're we move into the football. Yep, let's do it. All right, so in pre-season, Brisbane Raw continued their preparations for the upcoming season on Friday with a closed-doors game on the Gold Coast against Western Sydney, with the Wanderers running out 4-0 winners. A first-half goal from Lachlan Scott opened the scoring, followed by Joshua Sturio Brace just after the half-time break, for Abraham Majok rounded out the scoring on the hour. Now, Adam, we weren't there, and no, there's not much information, so what do you glean from this result? Look, it's um, it's always hard to know. Like these these, these behind closed door games are there for a reason, and uh, obviously Wanderers actually, truth be told, were ones that served that I guess denied us access. Um, we know that Marco Monteverdi was there, yep. but other than reading from the very limited things, I don't think you can take much on it. All we know the starting lineup, but what happened after half time is a mystery. I guess absolutely. I mean, the one thing we do can kind of gauge from the starting lineup is they played a back four in this game. Yeah, as opposed to the back three we've seen in the earlier games. Do you reckon that's a just a tactical change or it's something Aloisi's changing based on the result against victory in the FFA Cup? Uh, without sort of knowing officially, I think it might be it might be both. It might be, you know, sort of the, the horses for courses approach, but also as well, um, it may be a reaction of tightening up because it was the, the traditional uh, back four that we pretty much saw last season when we were at full strength. So maybe there was caution, but sort of that even that went went down. So Yeah, it looked a lot more What's the formation you're more used to seeing, isn't it, really? So are you concerned by that result then? Is it a more familiar way of playing that the result was similar to we saw in the FFA Cup? Yeah, look, there's, there's room for concern. Absolutely. Now, you don't get lose 4-0 and there shouldn't be concern. But I, I don't know where the standing alarms or sort of the end of the world or, you know, fans coming out and saying, you know, oh, it's going to be a long season. I don't think you really read into much of that. Like I said, we, we don't even know who was – when Wanderers scored those three goals in 15 minutes at the time, we don't even know who was out there. Absolutely. And, and all the official reports we've heard hasn't suggested otherwise. So it's very hard to gauge. But, look, you can't be – you can't – Say that you know there's not concern. I think, and I think you know John Elwissi, you know, for all his bravado, that's there's got to be inside at least some issues. Just speaking, John Elwissi, he was talking to Marco Monteverdi in the in the Sunday Mail this morning, and he said that he knows that the score doesn't look good, referring to five one and four nil. He says you never like to lose, and it's, but it's not a concern to him because we've there's still six to seven weeks to go until the season. There's still a lot of friendly games and players to come back in. I'm not worried. Paraphrasing him there in the in the Sunday Mail today, yeah. so he's not worried. But I think there is. Room to be concerned when you're losing two games against sides that 
looks like they're going to be right up there this year. It's not exactly a good... Well, you'd prefer to be at least closer to them at this stage than, yeah, than the result in the you, game. You would hope that that's not... You know, it's assume that you know, Victory and Wanderers and maybe you know, the defending champion Sydney FC are... You know, they've sort of built... They're even stronger this season. It's not a good sign to be that far off the pace. But with that said... Like I said these close these trials, these friendlies, all that, you really can't you know gauge too much as far as you know the where we'll be you know in October. Little known you know at the business in the season. So look, I understand the fans' frustration you know and whatnot, Absolutely. especially on social media. They've been the clubs have copying absolute pasting, and I'm not sure that's not unjustified. It's understandable, but really. it's understandable. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because the last thing a lot of people saw was the five one against the victory, and they've just look all you can see is a result here. But looking at something more positive, Massimo Macaroni made his first start. He did, and he played full 90. He did, and we still haven't seen him. Corey Gamera, if I hope Ben Kalfala make their debuts, and also so Avram Papadopoulos hasn't played this preseason either. So there's still plenty of players to come back in as well, hopefully. That's right, stage. and also Thomas Christensen um, also missed out on this game on Friday because of injury, and he may be gone for a few weeks. Absolutely. So up next for the Raw, they're playing the Chinese Olympic team on August 28th, also down the Gold Coast. I believe that one's open to the public. It is. That'll be an interesting test because it's not your traditional sort of opponent. It's not your, it's not your sort of your, your mixed together, mashed together, you know, sort of you know, select team that, you know, that early clubs like to beat up by double, yeah. double uh, digit figures. But also, as well, it's not your A-League team. So I think this will be a fairly interesting test. And me, like I said, we'll be down there for the game, hopefully. So, you know, I think there'll be a certain level of intrigue. And I think we'll start to really see how the Raw are developing sort of in this preseason. I think a win's important in that game, so just to get some morale. I think, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's imperative that they, they at least put in a strong performance against, you know, a Chinese Olympic team that, look, we don't know much about. But, like, so there are their side is loaded with players that are playing you know, in the Chinese Super League. So I think it'll be, it'll be a fair test. I think we're going to learn a lot, you know, on Monday week. They all, they're all also, it's a busy week, so they also play in Melbourne Victory on the, I think it's a Friday night down in Ballarat. In Ballarat, well, which could be fairly interesting as well. And I think that will also be a yardstick to see whereabouts they are sort of travelling, you know, with, with Victory, who who also will be preparing for an FFA Cup showdown with uh, Adelaide United. Absolutely. Also also playing on Friday, we assume, was Emilio Martinez, and he, during the week, signed a scholarship contract with the Raw Adam, the former Western Sydney Wanderer and Nike, the Chance Academy contestant. Look, I think he might be the sort of the prize yeah. asset of this, of the youth development. Like I said, he comes with an enormous pedigree. And look, from what we've seen in youth games, and, we'll, and I'm not sure if he'll play this afternoon because he played on Friday. Um, but look, I think he will be key... Um, <laughs> Not only at sort of, you know, so the youth level with the National Youth League um, sort of development coming up, but also as well, he may, you know, bend the back end season when we start getting into that schedule, yep. uh, to the congestion mm-hmm. schedule, I think um, he may become a factor in. Like, so we just hope he develops as a player. Absolutely. We'll get, to, we'll get to more of the youth in segment two. But so on to the soccer squad. That was announced earlier in the weekend for for the upcoming games against Japan and Thailand. And there's a... A, f- a former Raw player making his debut, Matt Yeoman, in the provisional squad for the first time. He'll be joined by Jamie McLaren and Robbie Cruz. And what do you make of the squad? Ah, uh, look, I think it's uh, it looks as though that Andrew Postecoglou is going the best squad he can. Like so two, you know, massive games um, to to qualify automatically for the um, for the World Cup in Russia. Like if at the end of the day, if they don't, it's it's a long route. It's it's not a case of oh, will we miss out? But it'll be you know four extra games to get to Russia if if we don't get results against both Japan 
That's like Tama and against Thailand in Melbourne. That's really the big game, isn't it? The game in Japan oh, it, Tama. That's the one. If they, the Socceroos can get a result in that game, you'd say they're a good chance of qualifying automatically. It is. And the difference between four years ago, when, I, when I, I've actually personally been to Saitama, and that is that the Japanese regard it as a massive game themselves. And the fact that, unlike last year, where, so last time, where they actually only need a point to qualify, a loss for them. And they're, they're in trouble. Yeah, because they play they're, Saudi on the final match stage. And they? Yeah, and their record uh, travelling across the Middle East is not that great. So they they will themselves be relying on you know going for the win inside time. So that is a massive game. It's probably the biggest game in the Asian um, qualifying of the cyclists, I guess. Absolutely. I think it's going to be a massive game. But we'll, we'll stick our necks out there. One word answer. Will the Socceroos qualify for the World Cup in this phase? So these last two games, will they get the job done? I think yes, they will. I think so. They'll get a draw in Saitama and yep. they'll come back here and get the three points down in Melbourne. Yes, I think so. I think I think the, the draw in Thailand was was an aberration. I don't think they can take them that lightly again. Oh. And look, our, our record at home, you know, compared to away, is, is a lot more superior. And Thailand don't travel that well. You've so also I, got to factor in for Thailand. That was the first major event since their king passed away last year as well. And it was, yeah, they were still in contention for qualifying mm-hmm. as well at that stage. So yeah. it'll be a very different game. Yep. All right, so what do you say we wrap up segment one there? We'll be back after the break. This is a Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back. It's the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Welcome back to this James Free edition of the Brisbane Football Review as we turn our attention to the FFA Cup round of 16. But before we do, I've always wanted to say this. Adam, how can people get in touch with us? <laughs> oh, God, you're putting me on the spot here. Um, uh, on Facebook, The Raw Review. Uh, on Twitter, at, uh, at Brisbane Football Review, I think. And, um, oh, I don't I'll know. you out. <laughs> Twitter, at Raw Review. Facebook, Brisbane Football Review. And you can email us, Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com. How about that? Oh, that's mean of you, Scott. <laughs> It had to be done. I've been waiting to do that for a long time. Uh, caught me off guard. <laughs> anyway. All right, so the FFA Cup Round 16 starts on Wednesday night with an all-Queensland clash at Walter Park between the Moreton Bay Jets and Gold Coast City. Now, on the way to the Round of 16, Moreton Bay defeated Broadmeadow Magic 4-2 after extra time, while Gold Coast City had a 3-1 win over Western Knights. Adam, are you looking forward to this game? It should be a great game. Look, I think it will. And I think also as well after uh, last night's result at Walter Park it's where think, yeah. yeah, where where Morton Bay were victorious. I think um, it's, you know, adds some extra uh, incentive for Gold Coast C to, to move on. Yeah, so this is the first all-Queensland clash in the FFA Cup. Do you think that's a good thing or would you rather play, than play other sides? Because I guess in one respect, at least one team will get through to the quarterfinals. Uh, look, I think, I think you always want variety. I think, you know, it's not always great. You know, to draw, you know, a familiar opponent, especially this early on. But you know what? It does guarantee at least one extra Queensland team into the round of eight, which just can't be a bad thing. 
We've only Gold Coast City slash Palm Beach is the only team to ever get there to the quarterfinals from Queensland as well, so it'd be good. Yeah, exactly. And they, they would believe that they, as far as the FA Cup go, they're the, the um, sort of the cup specialists. But uh, look, uh, I would think that they would want to sort of you know improve on what they did last night because they were beaten, beaten fairly convincingly. Yeah. You mentioned that. We'll get to the result in the context of the yeah. NPL in a minute. But do you think this result last night will have any impact on the game? On Wednesday, given they're playing each other twice in five days, or whatever it is. Uh, traditionally, in those things, I don't think it will. Um, I think I think um, they'll come out more focused. Uh, Gold Coast, see, being being that it is a cup game rather than a league game, even though they've pretty much uh, surrendered the the uh, premiership because of their defeat. But I think that, that may be a sign that it's the FA Cup is what they really want. Yeah, it'll give them extra motivation, as well, I guess, yeah. as well. So, what do you think, prediction-wise, for this FA Cup game? Well. I still think I still think Morton Bay. Um, so it might, might, might be yeah, might be a little bit of sort of unconscious bias, but um, yeah, because I, I thought Gold, Gold Coast would win last night and Morton Bay would win on Wednesday. And look, I, I actually think it now a table turn. I think actually Gold Coast may actually get away and win this now, just just because of the way sort of events have transpired in the last twenty four hours. I was thinking Gold Coast might win this game as well, but I thought they'd win both, so I'm already half wrong anyway. But anyway. So the rest of the round of 16 is Sydney United play Heidelberg, Adelaide United Melbourne victory in an all A-League clash, South Melbourne and Sorrento, Bentley Greens and the West Sydney Wanderers, Blacktown City, RPL Leichhardt, Bankstown Sydney FC, and Hakoa and Melbourne City. Any upsets to think, Adam? Any chances? Uh, look, I, I don't think so. I think traditionally where where the in the sort of the A-League versus you know, member federation um, sort of matchups, I would have thought that, you know, Generally, by the round sixteen, they start to sell there, and, and as the A League teams start to get into their preseason yep. train more, I think I think the window is closed. Um, but look, it's the magic of the cup; you just never know. But uh, look, based on these matchups, I don't think so. And even even of the all A League clash, I just I can't see um, Adelaide United knocking over Melbourne Victory. So yeah. I think I think we're going to remain with the with minus of Adelaide United. I think we'll have. Have those um, A League teams all progress? You'd say Bentley would have an outside chance, but based on the way the Wanderers have been playing in both their cup game and also on Friday, result wise, they look in good form. But what do you make of some of the all MPL clashes? Because it's a really interesting one. Sydney United and Heidelberg looked really that, good. That, that to me, of all of them, is probably the pick yeah. of the um, game. I think two very, very good teams that you know, it showed in the round 32, you know, how, how well they Like I said, Heidelberg you know, knocking over yeah. Perth Glory. But look, you know, even though they beat, you know, they put seven past the Heat. Um, so you know, I think they're, they're a much better team, yeah. you know, than what so that you know, suggests, you know, because obviously you'd think that you know the Heat are probably inferior, but I think they I think they're, they're good value. And just before we move on, do you think there's a bit of a shift happening in the FA Cup? We've seen the first couple of editions have been dominated by the Victorian NPL clubs. I mean, this year you've got Sydney United, Bankstown, Arthur Leichhardt, and Blacktown City, all, and Hakoa all in the last 16 from New South Wales. Are we seeing a shift towards? New South Wales team slightly here, perhaps. Maybe slightly, but I also think it all comes down to that round of 32 draw, the way they sort of, they, the way they, they came out, you know, out of the pot. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say there's, you know, a shift as far as a greater shift. But we've always said that, you know, probably New South Wales and Victoria are the two strongest member member federation NPL competitions. I think just a, you know, this year it's it's the uh, New South Wales teams that are dominating. No, and, it's, it's going to be more than Bale Gold Coast it's going to go all the way in the final. <laughs> Let's just hope, yeah. Okay, so moving on to the NPL Queensland. And the young Royal, the young Royal will focus on them first. They had their final game of the 2017 today against Redlands at AJ Kelly Park. They sit 11th on 17 points. As we know, Adam, their focus to the Royal is not about the results, more about player development. So how would you assess the season as a whole? Look, um, up until like the, the, um, 
the forum which was shown where it, yep. which really explained a lot that you know at the end of the day you can't as as talented as they are you can't expect 17 year olds 17 18 year olds to match up with men well some of them even 16 year olds yeah exactly exactly it you know and at the end of the day, i think whereas last year i think this time last year we knew that you know there's a no, there's a number of young players and they end up Showing at yep. you know at youth league level, national youth league level, and then you know in the first team that you know we knew that there was a a bunch of players that probably could step up. This year they're they're probably a long way away. I think you could only name you know, a handful of players that you'd expect to actually you know to to maybe even feature in the first team next year. Emilio Martinez is a prime yep. example. You know maybe a Nathan Yoon, um, Aaron Reed, and I guess to a point he's near the yep. end of his youth thing. You sort of, you know, the He'd probably be side. the first defender called up at the moment, wouldn't he? Yeah, and but you know, that's the thing is, he hasn't really shown much in the last couple of years to suggest that you know he could be a full full professional. So, yeah, even though he's he's only young, he's still you know he's still yep. in front of twenties. That's that's not a reflection on him. But I just think, yeah, the, the gap is a lot bigger than it has been previous year. We thought that there were players that were ready to go to make it step up. And you know, match up well with the men this year we've just been completely out dominated. And I think it's, it's shown. I think it's one of those things where it's the start of a two year cycle for the team. Yeah. Where this time next year you'll start to see. You mentioned Nathan Yoon and Emilio Martinez. Also Rachmatic Bari into that mix yep, as well. Yeah. Maybe Oliver Duncan as well. Yep, um, Finn Beekhurst, another one. Though, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's good players here, but they're probably about twelve months away, wouldn't you say as well? Yeah, I think. And I think it's also as well. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a minority that you know are bagging out. You know the raw. Football Queensland saying that oh that the raw aren't you know that shouldn't even be in the competition. Well, the thing is is that you know when the rules are that they can't play prof- professionals, full yeah. professionals in the league, what what do they expect to do? They don't have a reserve grade. They don't. So uh, look, yeah, you know, the, the people have been saying it on social media. We know that they are heavily biased. I won't mention any names, no. but you know at the end of the day, it is what it is. Uh, and you know what, if Football Queensland in terms of you know 16, 17 year olds should not be playing in the top NPL competition. Well, maybe they need to rethink their, you know, their relegation yeah. freeze for next season. But that's yeah. and a, that, here or there. As Drew know. Sherman said, there's no point playing the best of the of an age group against the same age group because it's just going to be a big difference. You're better off testing them at a high level. I think that's what's happening here. They're being these young players are being tested and they've yeah. actually gone quite well Look, in I the think, individual games. I think we'll sit here in twelve months' time and you know if those players that we've mentioned are still playing at youth level. Now, some of them, like Anna Emilio Martinez, has now got a raw senior you know, scholarship yep. and whatnot. But if they're still playing 12 months' time in the, and the actual results are a lot better, then you'll say, you know, mission achieved. But you got to remember, these are 17-year-old kids playing against men. Yep. And they're going to match up against some teams very well. Um, I think Redlands, I think they I reckon they're a chance, they're a chance this afternoon. But then you, you saw last week, you know, a result against strikers, for example, who play, have got all men. Other maybe one, one or two. I'm not yeah. too familiar with all the ages. Of course, they can get beaten. Same with Gold Coast City. Same with Morton Bay. These are men that are playing in the top level possible. So you mentioned men, Gold Coast City. A lot of those players are former young world graduates. As that's well. that's yeah, and that's probably even more sort of shows that the development of what the Royal are doing. Because yeah, you're right. A lot of those players, and we're even seeing a number. We were joking the other day when we were watching Bentley Greens. How <laughs> many Queensland players? And that's including former Royal youth players. Yeah. They are applying their trade in Victoria. So obviously the development side of it is working. It's just if you if you focus on the results, of course it's not going to match up. But then again, you know, the, having the raw play in the MPL then Disney as a youth team is not always about results. Okay. I agree. <laughs> so while the season yesterday for the young raw, the business end of the season is right on our doorstep. And it was a two-way battle between Coast City and Brisbane Strikers of the Premiership. Although last night 
that kind of changed that. Yep, and thanks to Morton Bay beating uh, Gold Gold Coast City um, three nil as well. Yeah, three nil. Uh, they're down. They're down two nil after five minutes. So truth be told. Whoa. So um, look, at the end of the day, Brisbane Strikers just have to show up to Goodwin Park, kick off, and they're the premiers. <laughs> and not lose by something like fifteen goals. Exactly. I'd say they're pretty <laughs> safe on that one. The actual intrigue at Goodwin Park stuff will be around Olympic because basically mm. after Western Pride beat Fury 8 0 and Morton Bay won 3 0, they have to win this game now. If they were third going into the round, now they have to beat exactly. the, the Premier's elect basically to secure their spot in the finals. Uh, from what I understand, reading the, the latest ladder, I think Olympic need a draw to finish fourth and they'll face okay. Strikers next week. Um, a win will see them finish third and face Gold Coast. Yep. So they've, they've got plenty to play for, but it then comes down to what strikers want to do, where yep. they will actually field a strong team. As I said, all I have to do is sharpen the game, picks off, and they're, and they're crown premiers yep. based on a much superior goal difference. So, it would be a massive shock if they weren't premiers by 8 o'clock tonight. Exactly. No, you'd almost be investigation stuff almost. I, I think they're, they're, they're the premiers designated. And, um, yeah, I think they'll um, look look forward to head to the uh, MPL National Finals for the Abs- second straight year. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll probably record a show before the MPL Grand Final in a couple of weeks. But I want to know who you think will be playing on Grand Final Day. Don't know winner, just who will be there. Look, I actually think it'll be um, Strikers and Western Pride. Yeah. I, I think Western Pride are scoring goals. Um, they, they've really improved yeah. since sort of, sort of the mid-season. The number of key signings, Harry Sawyer and Cameron Cristani. Western Pride as well, the first time they've been in there. Yeah, the yeah. Look, and they, they've got they've got a really, really good good squad there. Um, and they're really so put together. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them actually you know you know, especially if Gold Coast City are distracted by yep. you know, the FFA Cup, win, lose, or draw on Wednesday night. They, they could be there for the taking. So it might it'll be tough for them to go to, to Palm Beach and get a result, but I would put it. And Strikers, I think, um, look, I, I think we have to congratulate them. I think they've been probably the most consistent yeah. team other yep. than Gold Coast, and I think they'll probably take their place in the grand final at Perry Park in a couple weeks' time. You know, I actually agree with you. I think that Western Pride are hitting form. I mean, they, have, they are a real threat in third place, which I assume they're going to hold today. Yeah. So I think they could absolutely go to the Gold Coast and beat Gold Coast City. I'm going to stick with the top two into the grand final. But then again... Just the, to be different from you, but I could absolutely see Western Pride getting there. Yeah. But also as well, if by some way Olympic actually get all three points this afternoon, I'll tell you the same thing about strikers. Beware yeah, Western Pride absolutely. in fourth. And it will go back to 12 months ago where Redlands came from fourth to knock yeah. over strikers absolutely. and then went on to, to win the grand final. So, you know... I think it's actually going to be a bit of interest around this final yeah. series coming up in the NPL. It'd be really interesting. And we should also say congratulations to Peninsula Power and the NPL Women's. They wrapped up their premiership a couple of weeks ago. Yep, and they look they like did. the team to beat going ahead into the final series of the women's. Yeah, it's actually good to see them sort of, you know, develop. I know they're sort of, you know, developing, you know, a lot of good uh, women's players up on the Peninsula. So I think the results are starting to show. And just quickly, also congratulations goes out to Rochdale Rovers who wrapped up the Brisbane Premier League. Um, premiership last night, two 0 over Mitchell. And- yeah, that, that was um, that was actually fairly interesting. You all had I don't know if it's by design or it was scheduled that way, but um, but like, so having all three games, you had you had Rochdale, you yeah. had Pen Power, and you also had Lions. All could have um, all could have been premiers. It had an English Premier League kind of final day feel to it. It they? did, yeah. And um, Rochdale eventually they like so they, all the teams did what they needed to do. They they all won. Yep. Problem is they all won, and Rochdale <laughs> yeah. advantage. Four, and they and they ran out premiers. They again, I think their, their BPL finals as well should be fairly intriguing it's as well. I was because, just going to say that because Pen Power and Lions are certainly both capable of knocking over Rochdale, but Rochdale 
know, yep. by by way of been the best team this season in the league. So That'd it be should really be good. Semi-finals all that between Lions and that late Lions Pen Power um, semi-final. Semi-final. I think or is it? They may actually do the opposite way. I think they do prelim final in BPL. I'm, I'm not. I have sure. to. Yeah, I just have to yeah, recall. So have a look up on the Football Brisbane website. Yeah. Anyway, sure, yeah. That'll that'll bring an end to this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. I think we made it through in one piece, Adam. Yes. Yes. Uh, so thanks for joining. We'll be back in a couple of weeks as Brisbane's preseason continues, and who knows? We just might let James back. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. We'll see about that. Anyway, yeah. this has been the Brisbane Football Review. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Brisbane Football Review, powered by Outside90.com. Here's a thought. What if you woke up to find you'd won $20,000 every month for 20 years? Imagine the possibilities. Set for life from New South Wales Lotteries. Grab an entry in-store or online today.